0: Hey, what's up, everybody? Today on Trust and Believe, I have the amazing (laughs) other half, Scotty B., a.k.a. Scott Blocker. I'm so happy you are able to join us today. We're going to be talking about everything from kids to travel to what makes scott an expert at reading people there's a reason why he's always quiet around the house and we're going to get into that now hopefully you can after this conversation talk to your spouse if you have one and find a little more information about them to bring you closer together get ready to trust and believe
1: Somebody say, oh, yeah. no, no, no. what's up
0: you're better than Oprah. Come on, you this is Sean T and it's time to trust and believe
2: there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care
0: Hey, what's up, everybody? I have some questions for you. Oh, no, I'm scared. I'm actually nervous. I don't know why. We've been together for so many years, but I'm actually nervous. I don't know what you're going to ask me. You should be nervous. No, the reason why I'm excited to interview you today, because most of the time when we get on camera, we're talking and bantering. Yes. And today is not going to be talking and bantering. Today is going to be about you. I have a couple of things I want to talk to you about today. Okay. But I will start by saying that A couple days ago I asked you, I said What do you think you're an expert at? Oh yeah And you were, you said You're an expert at reading people And I just thought that was very interesting Because you don't have a doctorate in reading people <laughs> But maybe because you're almost 50 years old You have enough You have an honorary doctorate in reading people But I actually thought a little bit more About you saying that specifically and i was saying to myself that's really interesting because around the house and at work you are very quiet and i was saying he probably really is good at reading people because you're always listening and being nosy on the low oh so anyway i'm he's my husband so i can play around <laughs> so what makes you an expert at reading at reading people
1: uh, I don't know that I w- well, what it makes me an expert expert. I feel that because of all the experience that I've had and because of the fact that I am 465 years old, that, uh, I have years upon years upon years of, of obs- observing observations, uh, I think because of how I grew up and because I didn't feel like I could talk to anyone about being gay, I was always observing everyone else, uh, and taking in information from them. It was back then, it was more about why, what makes this person not be teased of being gay? Like if they're a a guy or a boy, uh, in elementary school, whatever, why are they not teasing him and why are they teasing me? And so I would watch them and observe them. And then as I got older, I would always process things in my head. And then after six years of therapy, of speaking with someone about stuff in life, I realized that I discovered things about myself that now I see other people are doing. And I think, oh, okay, I did that. Or I understand why they're doing that. Or So I'm definitely not an expert, but I just feel like I sense things uh, because of all the years of experience that I've had.
0: What are some of the things you see people doing? That not necessarily make you cringe, but you say to yourself, this person's going through that. And I remember doing that same thing.
1: Um, uh, I think when I see someone start sweating the small stuff. I can tell I'll observe, you know, they'll start asking me questions in a really kind of speedy fashion. And I think to myself, okay, what's really going on? Like this, we're not really talking about this. We're actually talking about, we're not, we're not actually talking about it yet, but we're going to get to what the stress is. That's forcing the speed of the words or the, the actions that someone is, is going through out. And once we get, uh, if once we take off the layers of the, uh, peel the the onion back, if you will. You'll get to the meat of the problem. And I, I don't. I have a specific example, but I don't want anyone to think that I'm using them as a as a reason. Or, or just I I observed something um, this morning with a client, uh, with a text exchange that I was like, oh, okay. They're feeling stress from the client, and so that stress is being projected on me. Uh, instead of saying, hey, you know what? The client was a little annoying this morning. They're asking for these things. They were saying, Okay, where's this? Where's this and where's this? And I was like, Whoa, slow down, like what's really going on here? And that come to find out that it was the client that was pressing them for information that that they needed to get from me. And I was like, Okay, let me give the information, let me solve this,
0: help you solve this. So I So don't know if people that helps. So people react a certain way without divulging the real stressor that's happening. Yes. You see people doing that a lot. What about social media? Because sometimes we'll be watching social media and I'll see you either like, you're like, oh my God, like you see somebody acting a certain way and you're like, I remember being like that. Or you don't think it's authentic.
1: It's funny you ask that question because... I was thinking about that this morning that, you know, I see people on social who say, you know, for all those people that are hating on me, you know, I don't care because I'm going to do me. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, that's really great. But are you putting up the essence of social media is instant gratification, right? You put something up and you get instant feedback, I think that people uh, start relying on that instant feedback and they put so much weight into that feedback that it impacts themselves. When the essence of social media, Instagram, is showing a picture that you really like. And it doesn't matter what other people are saying or it doesn't matter how many likes you get or whatever. It's about you expressing yourself. So I feel that that as much as people say things like you know i don't i don't care about what other people think about me okay well then why are you like what's the main reason why you're on social because if it's you're posting something and you're instantly looking at the likes and you're instantly looking at you know the comments and the feedback then you aren't just on social for posting a pretty picture you're on social for the feedback to to fill some void in yourself of which, okay, let's talk about that void. Like, what are you not getting out of your everyday life, or your brain, or your surroundings that um, that you need to get from social media? I never understood, maybe because I didn't grow up with social media, and I kind of look at it as just a, a entertainment factor. <laughs> but when I I uh, I know that if I'm posting something, that there could be a potential of someone post, you know making a comment that you suck or you're gay or you're hateful, whatever. And I think to myself, okay, well, if I'm going to put myself out there, I have to expect that as a potential response. And if I get it, I can't be upset at it because I'm putting myself out there. So there are people who put it out there and then get affected by the responses. And it's like, well, you put yourself out there. I'm not saying that it's okay that they're doing it, but there's going to be that possibility and you have to be prepared for it.
0: So, Yeah, I've actually... I mean, you definitely, not you, I definitely put on social media because you connect with your fans or you connect with your followers or, um, so yeah, you do want to know who's engaged and, you know, that's kind of like, I mean, social media is basically hanging out with friends that aren't really in the room. Right. But, um, I definitely have grown, you know, I just did a podcast on like how I look and I talked about how, um, over the years, like subconsciously, I worry about, what people think I look like as a fitness instructor but I think I look fucking fine yeah so do I <laughs> Literally. for the record so do I but definitely when it comes to I've grown to care less about what people think about me as like a, like whether I'm gay or my family or whatever but I definitely think I mean we wouldn't be on social media people have social media uh, because they are running a business or yeah whatever the case may be. So they definitely want the instant gratification. I do think that is so interesting because when I look at Chip's phone, like in his Instagram, he doesn't get the amount of likes. He gets like hundreds of likes, thousands of likes, tens of thousands of likes or whatever. Like it's not a specific number
1: oh. where
0: I get the exact number of likes or views on a post or whatever. And I just think that that's really interesting how some people are... It, how instagram in some way has taken away the exact amount of likes as opposed to there are some people that liked it but the reason why i say that is because i almost wish they changed mine to that because i just think it's it's such a great way for you to post about your life or to post about the things that you want and not necessarily worry about how many people liked it i i focus more on the engagement i love the engagement i love the people that are Commenting and having fun, but I also know that there are times where you know that people are being fake and struggling, and that annoys you too.
1: Yes, so to go back to um, the reason well, two things I want to say before I get into that one, the reason why they're not going to change yours is because there are businesses that are putting money into your posts, and they're they need the proof that their post is doing what they want, right? So unfortunately, because you do have a business and a platform that that probably won't change. And then I also what you said earlier, which I thought was really fascinating, you're like, Instagram or social media is, is you hanging out with friends who aren't in the room, right? But it's more than that. I mean, there you have one over 1 million followers, you don't have 1 million friends, right? You have a group of people that that um, our friends be- uh, that we have on social, that you've met on social, but it's, it's, it's this room filled with your friends with people sitting in the rafters in chairs going like this. But what know? if I
0: love to put on a show?
1: No, you love to put on a show. And I'm not saying... <laughs> no, I'm not, no, no, I'm no. I'm being silly. I know. I, and and I think a lot of people do. But I, I realize that it isn't as simple as that purely by your statement. Because there are people who are like, okay, well, I'm going to observe from afar. And I'm going to throw daggers. Or I'm going to, you know... But or I throw think that's,
0: love. I'm saying... I was saying that's how I look at yes. it. Yes. Like, for me, I know my community... I know our our true family and our true friends. And if people come in and follow the page, I'm like, oh, maybe they got something from this post. And then if they unfollow the page and they're not, I'm saying that I post as if these people are friends that I've even oh, met before. That's it. how I am able to not stress about it as much you yeah. know because yeah. there'll be some great stuff that we post about that's like really fun and people still don't like it yeah. you know so so going but-
1: back to what you were saying though is when i see people on social that i cringe or whatever i just think it's not the thing it's the thing like what let's you know i already said it earlier but it's like i wish i could reach through my phone and be able to sit and have a conversation with this person so that they because i i I relate to them. I I know how much pain I was in um, PS, pre-Sean, because I wanted people to like me for who I was, and they didn't, or at least I didn't think that they did. And so I was doing so much to make everyone like me. I was the nicest guy. People, oh, your Scott's always so nice. He's so nice. And I'm like, I was being extra nice because I didn't want them to see who I really was because I was fearful that they would... Wait, um, so you're not really that nice. Uh, I'm authentically nice. <laughs> <laughs> I want the best for people because I know how I felt when I was younger because I was like, I hated it. I don't want anyone to feel that way, so, you know, I'm here to help.
0: I wanted to start there in the conversation because you do still, at 49 years old, um, the fact that you were being teased as gay, you still talk about it and I find it to be so interesting Because for many reasons. One, I just find it to be very interesting that it's still something that impacts you to this day. It must have been, like, very
2: terrible. It was. But, I mean, it was. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care.
1: I felt like it was 38 years. So, I mean, that's a habit is 21 days. This is 21 days times infinity, you know, and when you've got in your brain that something is different, like I felt something was different and then people exacerbated it by saying you're gay. And I was like, well, they're not saying that in a nice way. So it must be that I'm bad for some, you know, this, this thing that makes bad me feel different. For being gay. Right. And so, years of years of spinning in that hamster wheel of trying to figure out what I can do to make it. So, yeah, it's it's burned in there. But, you know, uh, living my life with you and talking about it uh, in therapy and addressing it is... Helps relieve the stress. I don't think it's ever gonna go away. I think, you know, everyone has things in their childhood that are never gonna go away because they were so impactful. They may fade a little bit, but even like the other day, uh, this past weekend, I said, Bayballs, I reverted to this spot that uh, you said, you know, why'd you do that? And I was like, I authentically reverted to a spot where I didn't know what to do. And you're like, you knew what to do. And I said, I did, but my inner, my inner, P.S. My inner pre shawn was forced its way to the top. And I was like, I don't know what to say to this person. I don't know how to react to this person. I'm just going to say yes and be nice in hopes that if I'm nice, they're going to leave or they're going to
0: just like get out of your space. Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. So, so it still happens to me. Moving on to my next subject. Yes. Okay. Another thing that you talked about, you are an expert at. Yes. In 49 years is travel. Yes. First of all, before we get into travel travel, tell me why you love airplanes so much. So, if I'm
1: going to be really honest and I hope this doesn't go anywhere, just between us and our friends, our thousands of people are thousands <laughs> to to this. of this. I uh, realized after several hours of thinking inside of my head that when I travel, I feel important. I feel mm. better than. I feel Almost like I'm doing something. I'm going somewhere that other people are not going because of a purpose. And it's because of the hard work or dedication or whatever it is that I've done that I deserve this. And so therefore, I'm when I travel, I feel special. And so, uh, and I think that has a lot to do with when I was a kid because of the fact that, you know, the gay thing is always going to be there. So I apologize for being a broken record, but because I I felt less than in that area, but I was really good in soccer, I would go places and travel and make state and regional and national teams because I was really good. And so I then said, okay, well, this is... I'm actually not better than you but i'm feeling better than you because i get to travel for this whereas you have to stay home and you have to you know stay in everett and not do anything right so uh <laughs> sadly so I've noticed, the i'm basis, laughing
0: because it's just funny the it's
1: basis funny. of me loving to travel is because back then it was because i was special because i was really good at something now it's i think it still plays in that You know, we've worked really hard. Usually when we're traveling, we're traveling for work or pre-pandemic. We travel for work or for pleasure. And we get to go and do things that we like to do. And so we're going for a purpose, like, because we're getting to do things that we like. So that's why I love travel. And I am obsessed, obsessed, oddly, with, because of it, planes and routes and like a plane will fly over the house and I'll like get on my app and see, you know, what flight is it and where are they going and what airline and, and you know, uh, Jack, uh, Music Jack posted something last night on social. He was at the Sydney airport and he said, these are the only international flights that are leaving uh, Sydney. Yeah. And there were only 13 flights. And you know what I did? I took a picture of it and I looked at the screen to see what cities they were. And I'm like, okay, I wonder what route that is. I don't know why. I just think it's fun.
0: So you at least for the, for years here at Team Shanti i used to call you i don't know what the word i used to call you but i used to refer to you as controlling when it came to travel <laughs> did anyone to book their travel why
1: uh i felt it was because i was an expert of being so many years of flying so many years even before that of my dad flying you know, and mom running his travel stuff. Like, because of the experience I had just watching and learning from my dad and mom, I had this base of knowledge that I don't think anyone had ever had. Anyone, I don't know, not many people have. And so I had, I felt like I had more information that would help me get a really cheap deal. And I love, I love saving money. You know me. I love if I can save twenty dollars or five dollars on an airplane ticket. I will, I will cancel one and book another because I'm saving that money. So
0: you're the person that annoys the customer service reps at airlines.
1: No, I'm always very nice. No, I didn't say you were nice. Kill okay. them with
0: kindness. Give us some tips on how to travel cheaply. Uh, Well,
1: one of the best websites to go to is skiplagged.com, skiplagged, L-A-G-G-E-D.com, because they were a company that actually um, figured out the airplane booking system of United Airlines, and they figured out that if they do this and do that, uh, they could get a cheaper fare than what was actually being offered on United, and United sued them and lost... And so they uh, figured out their, their, their thing. And it was basically just, it's about, um, they take uh, super cheap flights and uh, adjust them to how you can get there. And so a great website to go to if you're looking for cheap airfare is skiplagged.com.
0: What are the pros and cons of becoming an airline member, meaning uh, having a membership, like getting points? it is
1: well it is to me it is uh priceless to be able to fly one airline or stay with one hotel brand because i mean we get preferential treatment because i you know we have a 1-800 number two the platinum desk that will pretty much solve any issue that we have if you're stuck in let's say sioux city Iowa, and you can't get on a flight, I call the the desk and, you know, how can we figure this out? So, and and um, with Marriott, we stay with them so much. We have contacts there. Also, you know, when you um, had to get out in New York City pre-pandemic, we had booked a whole week of, of stuff that we were staying there. And because we stay at, at one of the hotels there in New York City so much, I called them up and I said, you know, we can we get a refund because... And they said, absolutely, Mr. Blocker, you know, we'll do anything to keep your business. So it's beneficial to to try and get status
0: on these things because status helps. So what if, you know, how do you know? And the reason why I'm asking these questions is I'm like, okay, these are this is information, like I know this, but how do you actually find how do you actually benefit from like getting points like because I can I can have you know 20,000 points in an airline but not every flight I can use these 20,000 points on. right I, so how do you go about that so it's
1: again understanding the system or the airline that you're working with you so help know, me understand it I, I'm getting get to that <laughs> so, picture of Sicily 1920. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so, you know, let's use um, uh, Delta for an example, right? We, have, we use American Express, and because of the American Express card we get, we get points. And I can transfer those points to Delta, uh, even exchange one-on-one, and we then can fly free on Delta. But you have to understand that every airline has their own mileage system, And uh, sometimes it's cheaper uh, to use less miles on Delta to go someplace, and sometimes it's cheaper on on American. I find that American, you have to use more points to get somewhere for free. That, to me, is putting in the work. And because you travel so much, it's easy for me to put in the work. But as someone who doesn't travel as much, it's difficult for you to play around on the website to figure out, unless you're actually buying a ticket, and then accruing miles. And then, so, uh, it's kind of a thing where... You go to the website and you read their page about, you know, miles and how you can accrue them. And um, when you buy this level of ticket, you get more points because it's a higher expensive, you know, ticket. When you go to the websites and American or United or Delta and they have the super cheap fare, you're probably not getting any points because this is the super, super ultra low fare you're probably paying to have to use the bathroom, but if that's what you're not really, but if that's what you, the ticket that you want to pay for and you you have to pay for your bags and you have to pay for your check bag or you can't bring on a bag or whatever, then that's okay. I mean, you just have to realize that what you pay for is what you're going to get. And therefore, you don't, you, sometimes you get points and sometimes you don't.
0: So if you're not in a demolished program, use skip lag. And if you are in a demolished program, be fully loyal to that, to that be- credit card so that you can benefit from that. Yes. Because the
1: more you spend, the more they're like, oh, well, who are you? And why do I need to pay attention to you? Because, um, you know, you're spending money with my company.
0: Yeah, I remember when I used to travel to Europe a lot, I would only fly Swiss and Lufthansa. And I had no idea about miles and stuff like that. But I did sign up for the mileage program because I was traveling a lot. And I said, well, I'm just going to sign up for this because Mm -hmm. at some point... I'll get a free flight or whatever. I just I didn't care. And I showed up at the airport. I bought an economy ticket to fly to Germany. And I got to the gate and they were like, Oh, Mr. Blocker, you've been upgraded, upgraded to business class. And then I could go to the lounge for the first for time. For free. That was the first time that it ever happened. And I said, There's no turning back. So mm-hmm. I was Star Alliance Gold mm-hmm. for a long time. And American Airlines as well. Then I started understanding that. So, but also think this too. You know,
1: we have been on on flights on American where the flight attendant recognizes you from an earlier flight, right? If you are spending a lot of time in a public situation, if you start to see familiar faces, you build. Oh, I've seen you before. Like you were on my flight maybe last week or whatever. And they're like, so then that's a rapport. And they're like, well, what do you want today, honey? They're always like, sweetheart, what do you want? I know. So you get free drinks, you get food, you get whatever. And it's like, you know.
0: Discourtesy. courtesy. Yeah. I mean, they're always courteous, but I think right. they appreciate the Royals. Yeah. So. Okay. Last section of my interview with you. Eek. Obviously, we're not experts on being parents yet because we've only yes. been parents for three years and there are people who've been parents for 18 and 30 and 49. You, who and probably look have,
1: at us like I look at other people. when it, Right.
0: It, yeah. But there are new parents out there. Who do look to us because we are within reach, Mm -hmm. you know, and I do realize that there are a lot of parents who have been parents for 40, 50 years and they don't remember the the zero to three-year-old because it was so long ago. Mm -hmm. What can you tell parents, uh, what can you tell new parents or people who are about to become parents?
2: Planning for your next trip? underwritten by golden rule insurance company they offer budget-friendly flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment the plans last nearly three years in some states with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals so for whatever tomorrow brings united healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you learn more at uh1.com
0: what can you what kind of not advice i don't want to say advice but what What kind of... Looking back, what would I have done differently? No, no, no. I don't think it's what you've done differently because every kid is different. I'm saying just what are some things you can tell that parent to help ease the next three years of their life if they're a new parent?
1: I have two things off the top of my head. One, train yourself to ask for help. Meaning, I had to train myself to say can you help me because of growing up as a kid i remember my mom taking care of us and it was just my mom and my dad you know he was working and stuff but you know my mom handled two kids so i'm thinking to myself well i should definitely be able to handle two kids and a husband and a job because that's what i mean my mom you handle me (laughs) and my that I handle my husband no but i you know my mom didn't have a job her job was raising us right so but that is a job right but I'm, I'm saying you she know, didn't have a job outside. of Right. Right. So I'm saying to myself, well, if she did it, I can definitely do it. Right. And I realized three months in no sleep in fighting. Uh, I was like, I, 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 while I thought I was doing the job, I was losing or we were losing. And I don't mean that in a bad way. It wasn't until you said, we're going on a date, we're hiring help, we are, you know, getting help because we need time for ourselves. That was life changing. So for me, it's about being able to, you have to be able to ask for help and it's okay to ask for help. And while you might feel guilty about it, or you may not feel guilty about it, you have to ask for help because if you don't take care of yourself and then take care of your relationship... You won't. Uh, it will suffer.
0: But so, my question to you is: you, you you say that a lot. You know, if I hadn't asked for a date night, but what were you gonna do? Just like raise kids and not go out on a date ever again? Yes,
1: not ever again. But you know, Babos, I have a, I have a, I don't know if you know this about me. I have a tendency of sticking in something for a while and not really, you know, because to me. I like thirty-two thousand feet, and thirty-two thousand feet may seem like it's really good, but it's not. Like because I, I'm like I can deal with this. I do. I
0: dealt with something for thirty-eight years. I can deal with this. That's my thinking. Yeah, I just think that I'm not judging you. I just I'm more interested in the the mentality of. I'm miserable, but I'm going to stay here.
1: Yeah, it's. I think it It is um, three things. One, the work it will take to get me out of this is too much, so therefore I'll stay. Second, the image and what I've created of what is going to happen when I get out of it is so bad that I'm just going to stay. And then the other thing is, is, well, they didn't ask for help, so why should I? So those are three things that are playing impacting my brain that i don't even realize uh that if i just take a 30 minute break i'm going to feel that much more energized or an hour break or 20 minutes or five minutes
0: so it's also like your ego like you're kind of yep. like like we all have and i'm not going to ask for help because i can do this yeah
1: i was just listening to a podcast that said ego is the is the does is the disaster of creativity or something like that because if oh it was um i was listening to smart less with uh reese witherspoon it's when uh jason bateman will and arnett and um jack from will and grace mm-hmm. they um all have a podcast and they bring in a surprise guest and they brought in reese witherspoon that <laughs> one person knows and the other two people don't know and she was talking about how she's like People who have an ego, they have to leave their ego at the door because ego impacts and restricts so many things. So yeah,
0: but I think we all have an ego, and I don't think you really leave it at the door. I think you just do, like it becomes dormant. Yes, it you like know, hides. It's because we all. I mean, we. It's impossible not to have an ego because like, the yeah. more you progress in your career mm-hmm. or you, you become successful in your sport or whatever it is, yeah. You know, people who play tennis, they have an ego when they walk out on the Mm -hmm. court. And I'm like, bitch, you can't even hit the ball. Right, right. But they have this ego. And I'm like, you need to tame that. Mm -hmm. But that makes a lot of sense. Okay, what was the second thing? You said there were two things.
1: Oh, uh, I would say reading to your child. Like, Mm -hmm. it it is such... There's so many different wonderful levels that happen when you read to your child every single night, not only do you build a pattern of, of and kids and the newborn stage, they need a pattern. They need something that they know is going to be there. That not only do you get to have one-on-one time with your kid or one-on-two, or, you know, if you're doing it as a family, you're having family time with the kid. You're building the bond. You're building the, you know, if they're laying on your chest, they're feeling your heartbeat, they're feeling your smells and all that. But you're also teaching them words and their brain is a sponge that is sucking everything up that you don't even realize it until one day they're like, ball. And you're like, holy shit, did you just say ball? Like, that's your first word. Like, how, why is this happening? Mm -hmm. That reading is so important to, and I never really, you know, growing up in a, a family of educators, they're always saying, you should read to your kids, read to your kids. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's turning into a cliche. But to see the impact it had on our kids, I am 100% like, yeah. And there's so, some books are so colorful. And so like, you can really engage and get into the, the magicalness
0: of, I, uh, I think books. that's what's really mm-hmm. interesting is even now they wake up in the morning. Sometimes it's six o'clock and they don't come into our room till seven and they have a full on one hour conversation. And sometimes I'll sit there and, Like for like three minutes and I'll count the amount of words. I'm like, they've used like 150 words in these Mm -hmm. like few minutes that I didn't even know they knew that word. And they only know, or the meaning or the inflection or the past, present tense, you know, or in future tense of words. And last night, Sander said, he said, Mackenzie brought us a new um Bought, Pajama outfit bought us, and he, he said brought. Oh, okay. And I said, and I and I went to teach him. I said, oh, okay. I was like, did she get it from the store? He said, yes. And I said, oh, she bought it for you. And I was like, when she gets it from the store, she bought it for you. If she brings it from her home, she brought it to you. Yeah. And he was, he said it over and over, again. he was like, she bought mm-hmm. it. She he, bought it, it. Yeah. And then this morning. He was. He used both of them in different ways. He was like. He said, "Brother brought me this," and he said, uh, "Dad's bought me." And I was That's just. I thought it was like wow. the coolest thing. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" It, I know it's silly for no, people out there, but, but, but yeah, for, it may uh, be but, silly.
1: But yeah. for to to see it happen and to see their brains working, you're like, "Whoa!" And I don't know if you've seen this. You know, when we put the boys to bed, we tell them that they can all have a toy. They bring a toy up, but they have to put them to sleep. Um, so they usually pull open one of the drawers and they put the toy in and I don't know have you seen Silas read a story to the toy when he's putting it to sleep
0: no not oh yet oh
1: my god it is the craziest thing so he was he will I'm like okay Silas it's time to put your toy to sleep and so he opens the door he puts the the thing in he tucks him in gives him a kiss and he says Um, once upon a time there was a little truck Blah blah. blah, the end (laughs) and then shuts the door like he tells them a story it is the most amazing thing but it's also you know it also shows that as you know what you do as parents is it reflects on the kids and they learn so whether it's telling a story or hate or you know just so many things like that can be absorbed by them that it's it's incredible
0: i just came across the photo of the first day we ever read them a book the garuffalo when they got home and it was the garuffalo and i was just like oh my gosh and they still know that book yeah um okay last little section because i know you got things to do i gotta run a business baby um so 2020 has been a crazy year for a lot of people uh but i just want to do a little fun speed round question number one Mm -hmm. what was your favorite moment in 2020 Hugging you, when,
1: all, every day, every time I wake up in the morning, anytime I fall asleep, like just anytime you come in and say that I love you, like that is the most special. Like you, you melt my heart every time you say I love you. That's just because you think I'm hot. It has nothing to do with <laughs> I'm being just hot. It is I'm nothing. Being silly. I'm being it is silly. purely because uh, anytime you like come in for a hug, or we snuggle in bed. It's like that is the best moment.
0: What is, what was your favorite place you've been to in 2020?
1: Well, it's not many. The first thing that comes to my mind is where we go in Puerto Vallarta because it is, and you know, we've talked about this, it's just this place where they have a rooftop pool and there's no care in the world. I'm usually not on, I mean, I'll be doing some social stuff, you know, just watching but it's a drink in hand an infinity pool and this amazing view and it's you know some cool jazz music in the background or some sort of music and i just lay and relax and i can lay and relax for you know five hours or so and then we go downstairs and take a nap and then you know we go have dinner or something and then what was your
0: favorite purchase of 2020
1: well, uh, I know what was purchased for me, which is at the top of my list right now. What is it? It's what I just got for my birthday. The purple. Okay, I'm not a vest person, and I'm not an, a label person. And I'll just say this: <laughs> when I opened up this gift, uh, it's a purple vest. It's a it's a Dior vest that i nearly shit my pants and i'm not even that type of person but i was like this is the most one of the most epic
0: gifts ever yeah but you didn't buy that what was your fit? that was no, that's a, what I'm i saying. purchased that's that. what i asked was it okay <laughs> because,
1: well, we we purchased it actually no nah, I, I purchased that
0: i purchased that I did, that was from my money which you probably saw when you were I skimming did. through my personal I bank account i was
1: told not to um hmm. but just the purple and the and the silver and the weight of the zipper. But where did you purchase? Because that was mine.
0: That was I purchased African. that. Okay, I'll let you have it. Alright, what was the biggest lesson you've learned in twenty twenty?
1: Um I it always comes to patience. You know, this is um when when the states and started to lock down. I remember March thirteenth was when Uh, Friday the 13th and I was thinking to myself okay you know I can lock down for a month that's fine, you know, because as I always joke about, they're gonna pull out this secret, um, the secret uh, vaccine, the secret vaccine from like the depths of Norway, up in this this underground that they've had
0: stores in nineteen thirty They have, and they
1: have all these seeds. I've seen documentaries on this place where there's in Norway where they've they have this entire like underground seed village because if in just in case the world does go into apocalyptic whatever, they can then use those seeds to replant. And be you know build the earth again right? So I'm sure they got a vaccine in there somewhere right? So I'm like I can do a month, and then we're like oh it looks like we're gonna do another month, and then it looks like I knew we're gonna do another month, and I'm like oh we gotta have patience. And I think the other thing was being able to pivot like instantly. For us, I think I remember okay we can't do events anymore. How are we going to survive? Live like and it like. went it went this quick. I was like I remember thinking we're i just can't we just canceled this this and this and we're not doing this and we're not doing this uh how are we going to survive as a company and as a family oh my god you
0: are so dramatic
1: but that's (laughs) you know my job is to to manage the money and to make sure that people get paid right yeah so i know for me
0: but i'm just saying your choice of words like how are we going to survive but that's how i think
1: (laughs) and so we got it we stepped into motion right and i credit our team because like they were all in you know we had the team meeting on Monday morning and we said hey guys like we need to figure this shit out and if we don't we're all going to not not do so well and they did and they were amazing they have been amazing so being able to
0: pivot patience and pivot thank you for joining we hope you had an amazing 2021 so far and I've really challenged you to answer some of those questions for yourself so that you can take the positives and move into the future We'll see you next time here on Trust and Believe.